Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, from the good to the bad to the Mariners. God, I love me some Mariners. The sweet, sweet Mariners. Mariners are making some sweet, sweet moves that we will talk about at a later date and time, probably this Wednesday or Thursday. But we do have some more to talk about. Uh, Mike McDonald in the building, the HC for the Seattle Seahawks. And his staff starting to come together a little bit. We didn't want to jump the gun. We hammered Mike McDonald pretty heavily, especially uh, last Monday, went deep diving on Mike McDonald. But now we're starting to see some of the staff come together and some links uh, for the offensive side. And we're going to dive into that and a little bit of what the expectations look like with him at the helm. But before we do that, why don't I tell you a little bit about us? If you're looking for a guy that is ready to give you the X's and O's and pour and put back a cold one with the Jimmy's and Joe's. If you're looking for a guy like that, maybe you're looking for a guy like me, your boy, Coach Red. You can find me on X at the real Coach Red, on Instagram at the real underscore Coach Red, TikTok at the real Coach Red. Also, find us over on YouTube. Like, subscribe, hit the bell notifications, leave a comment or two. If you're looking for a guy that has more experience than assistant head coach Leslie Frazier in his field. Maybe you're looking for a guy like Scott, a.k.a. Scott the Thought, a.k.a. Scottish Cheese. Very happy to be here with you, gentlemen. And if you're looking for a guy who's young, let's talk about let's talk about the third coach that has been confirmed, the youngest of the bunch. If you're looking for a young buck that's trying to, you know, pave his own way. Maybe you're looking for a guy like Kane. Man, you're making yourself sound old. I love it. Yes, I'm Kane. You can find me on Twitter, Kane2406, on YouTube, at Kane06, TikTok and Kick, Kane0624. Also follow the show's socials over on Twitter and Instagram, at CoachRedPod. Follows, follows, follows. Do it, freaking do it. Mike McDonald in the building uh, press conference last week. Oh, it was great. Got caught some of that, and I think you heard a little bit of noise on the buildup that he was not the public speaker that Pete Carroll is and was, and you could see that on display, but I think that he gives you very truthful answers just, like, looking at him. And, you know, John Snyder was talking about talking to other guys around the league where said, what do I need to know about this guy? And it was like – when he's there, he's present. He's in there. He's locked in. He gives you what you are looking to see, and it's not a facade. And to really be able to know about him but conduct your first interview one day, fly him out the second day and offer him a job, you knew that this was a guy that did align with what this front office was really looking for to take this team to the next level. Right. They wanted to hire him from the very beginning, too, by the way. Right. Oh. And my big so thing. So did we. Uh, yeah. My big thing. Well, here, not necessarily, Coach Red. In, in this decision to let Pete go and hire somebody new, Jody Allen is tired of not being great. You know, the, as I've said time and time again, the dynasty ended before it started. She was so she wanted to be so great that she shipped out Damian Lillard from the Trailblazers. Hey, boom, you know, got him. Sure, whatever. But with this move, because there is the the looming sale of the team whenever it does happen. But she wants to win, and she finally hands the, going the reins. I yeah, I understand that. That's never not. gonna go anywhere, but. It, it just shows that, hey, it is time for the new chapter, and let's get this thing rolling. I loved everything I heard him talk about. Like, as you said, he he's direct. That's really what he is. And he's not going to beat around the bush. He's going to tell you how it is. And I, I just think that this man is really going to turn this team around for the better. We'll, well see. I mean, I, I'm wondering if he's like the uh... – defensive coordinator Egbert 
version of what we have down in Miami. <laughs> well, you know, real egg-headed and, you know, not he never played in the the big games really. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have that 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 actual feel, but neither did Pete. I mean, Pete played a little bit in college mm -hmm. and Right. And, and they are really calling him the Sean McVay of defense. Well, All right. He's the youngest guy. He's the youngest head coach. He's younger than Gerard Mayo by a couple of months. And I think that's going to be the key is the big thing after making this hire is making sure that I know the defense is going to be in good hands, but surrounding yourself with people that will help the process. Obviously, Pete in the building. I think that if you're looking for one thing that Pete could really bring to him, because in his press conference, he goes, we loved how they competed. I think that they will continue to compete and Pete will help bring that. But I think Pete can bring out his personality a little bit more, be a little bit better with the media because we love coaches in this town. I mean, Pete has a weekly spot. I, after the Mariners clinched their first playoff, talked about getting Scott Service's name tattooed on my ass. So, I mean, we love coaches here, sure, right? So, much. and I think McDonald is a guy that we can learn to love, and the dude just looks like he is ready to go out and kick someone's ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that he's really going to mesh with this team, get a kind of younger mind in there, kind of get a – you know, understand the times, right? I I just think this is is the best direction for the Seahawks. To I think what he's what he's going to do is he's going to look at the draft and he's going to look at the defense that we have now, and he's going to go in there and try to clean it up as much as possible because he's going to see some of the deficiencies that that's there. Coach Red, you've talked about how we're weak at linebacker. Could he? Bring we don't him? have any. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't. And, and, you know, one of the articles today was, you know, how is he going to with, mesh with uh, Bobby Wagner? You know, we don't know. Is Bobby Wagner, you know, is it time for him to go and retire? But he doesn't want to. So right. and, what is that contract going to look like? And, you know, and, Bobby did touch on that. And he said, hey, I haven't met the guy. I've heard nothing but great things. And we'll see what the future holds. I want to be back in Seattle right. next year. So. I think he'll be able to take a little bit less. I mean, I think that he realizes that he's not the player he was, and they're going to be a little cash-strapped. I mean, projected right now, they're about four mil over the cap, so there's going to be some things to do. And, you know, you're going to look at a bevy of things when you look at this team. You know, is Jamal Adams still going to be on this team? Yeah, I don't know. know. Look like he was – potentially retiring is Draymond Jones a guy that he think that he thinks he can get to the next level or is it a guy that they potentially put out on the block and eat a little bit of money to free up some cash cap space so it's going to be really interesting we'll get into more and more of those transactional stuffs in the coming weeks uh, especially after the Super Bowl but the one thing that I did love was he went and got himself an assistant head coach that is well respected in this league has a ton of experience and that's leslie frazier the two worked together um when leslie frazier i believe was the defensive backs coach for the ravens when mike mcdonald was still just uh a defensive assistant and they really got a good rapport built with one another so good that um you look at frazier who came out and said hey Seattle had approached me for this. I had four other teams that had also approached me for the same position and they upped their offer to try and get me there. But Seattle's the place that I want to go. I want to go be with Mike McDonald because he is a guy that I think is extremely special and can do great things in the league. And everything seems to go back to the Ravens because Leslie Frazier was a hell of a player back in the day. He won a Super Bowl ring there, I believe. You know, so there's Ravens, 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 there's Ravens, Michigan, this this whole kind of culture that seems to be shifting in there. And I, I know we're going to probably talk about this a bit later, but it, it, it is interesting. The, the, the Ravens, the Michigan whole deal, it's uh, it's going to really change this team a lot because yeah. that's a whole different system and setup than what these players have been used to. And I think. Adams is the big, you know, 800 pound gorilla in the room. What do you do with him? I mean, he's had all the freaking talent and all the, the, the physical gifts and the intelligence, but can his body do it? And 
if he can't, if, if he can't, what's going to happen with him? I, I I remember him coming out of college and how just highly scouted and just how ESPN and all the news outlets just raved about him because he was big, he was fast, he laid a hat. The dude was an absolute monster at the safety position. And, you know, in New York, his body kind of kept up with him. But as soon as he got Dell, it's just year after year after year, injury, hit, hit, injury, hit. injury. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, I don't want him to hurt himself. I hope if he thinks it's it, it's it, and we'll just figure out in the draft and free agency what to do. But, coach, I don't want to take over your show, but I'm more interested in the offensive coordinators in some oh. ways than the defensive coordinators. Well, you're gonna have to hold your horses there because I got a little bit more to say about Leslie. So, okay, please do because I don't understand why he's here. He's an old dude. Is he like the old man in the room? I thought Pete was supposed to be the old man in the room. I so, think that he gives you a little bit more on-field presence. So he's going to be around the team more day in, day out. He gives you – he's been a head coach in the league. He was a head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. He's been a defensive coordinator for 14 years. He's held the position of assistant head coach and defensive coordinator with the Bills. And would you look at what the Ravens and Bills have done, especially over the course of the last three years, you know, that Mc, McDonald's been with the Ravens and Frazier's been with the Bills in the same capacity. Those defenses are working and they're getting takeaways. That's the big thing. So the Ravens led the league in takeaways this year. They were tied at the top with the Giants and clocking in at number three was the Buffalo Bills. So, those were both uh, in the 31 range, 31, 32. And the Seahawks clocked in at 19. And when you look at a guy like Quandre Diggs, who has been upwards of six picks in a year, Reek Woolen, who six picks in his rookie year, only two this last year. Spoon has is just oozing with talent. And then you look at Trey Brown, Mike Jackson, those guys can get in there. Julian Love went on a tear there at the end. But one thing that I'm really looking forward to is how they can create pressure with your edges and your linebacking court. Because I think Jaron Reed showed you that pass rush upside on the inside. Draymond Jones is on this team. I think you play him a little bit more inside to get that little bit more disruptive. You run Chenyu Nwosu and Boye Mafe on the edge. Mafe, I'm looking yeah. for strip sacks, baby. Strip sack yeah. turnovers. And, you know, Scott, to touch on what you said with Pete, I, I've listened to a couple different things. Uh, I started getting into KJ Wright's podcast. Yeah, like he does. That. And He's he good. was talking about this whole situation. He's just like, nah, dude, like, don't, don't take Pete in the building. He's not going to be there very often. Good. He's like this, this, the, um, what, what did they call him? Separation of church and state. Well, no, 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 no. What's give what him is, a swan song? What is Pete's title? We don't know. Well, they were just like he's just gonna be like, like they made a position up for him practically, and I think that they didn't want to go. And I think that was just a the umbrella of we fired him. Oh, they did. I mean, they did. But I think at the end of the day, what you look at is. Pete and his sustained success over a decade and the product that he put on the field. And when you really look at this, his first year was a losing record. And then he had two others and those other ones clocked in at, you know, seven and nine. This guy is a winner and yeah. you want winners in the building. You want that mentality. You want a guy that's in John Snyder's ear saying, Hey, let's go, let's go win. Like right. this is a guy that wants to hold up another trophy. What whatever capacity it's in, he's right. gonna if they win another title and he's still in the building, he's getting a ring. And that's what that's what guys like Pete want. Success. Like, like and if he wants to go on a three week vacation to Fiji in the middle of the season, yeah. he should be allowed to do that. Yeah, and you know, he he's probably gonna be around once or twice a week. But yeah. you know, the, the big the main thing focus of them bringing in Leslie Fran or Frazier is it's him and Mike McDonald. Their voices need to be heard. And you need to – that's why Pete's not going to be around so often. Yeah. He's going to be away because you no, need to hear the And that's why I say voices. bring him in more so a little bit as oh, a 
Yeah, my, my cat here is as a media the, coach. Here, you want to hear my cat here? <laughs> Great. We're getting Chapo. Wild here. This is well, Chapo. We'll get we'll get to our next our next bit, which is a Harbaugh lands in Seattle with the Seahawks team. Okay. Yeah. Not the Harbaugh we all expected. Jay another Harbaugh. weird, another weird Michigan. You know, Ravens the, the craziest deal. part. The craziest part that came to me is just like. Yo, we hated your dad so much. I mean, right. we still do. And why like, did he go coach for his old man? Yeah. I mean, he must like Mike McDonald a whole lot. <laughs> and he I must hate his old man, which talked, we've all gone through on it. at some point in our lives. <laughs> yeah. But you touched on it. It's like making your own name. So you got a guy that you're familiar with. You've coached yeah. on staff with him in the past. And this is a guy that's held the special teams coordinator job at Michigan for the last five years. He's worked with him with the Ravens and at Michigan. And uh, like I said, everyone thought that he was going to follow his old man to the Chargers. So I think this is just another voice that you know that's going to be consistent with the message that you're getting from the top. And I think that's one of the things that you're seeing throughout is defense and special teams are so intertwined when you look at the NFL and having a consistent side and a consistent voice, I think is key. And having the trust that you've built with these guys, even though he's only McDonald's only worked with either of them, you know, two, three years total. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big thing that he feels the trust that he in his first stint wants to bring these guys in. Well, I, I think Jim either told Jay, Hey, you know, go up to Seattle, give me all their clues and signals <laughs> and everything. And so I can figure out what, what you guys are doing. God, think or, about that Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, with exactly. The three Harbaugh's at three different coaching staffs. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> or you said, Hey, young man, you need to go and, and get some tutelage under somebody else before you progress in this league. I mean, it, it's kind of like that with all the coaching sons, you know, I mean, you have now Steve Belichick and Brendan Carroll in Washington, but Brendan Carroll yeah. also made his own way. Before you know, he was on Pete's staff at one point, but then he went and was the OC at Arizona, and now he's the OC here. Belichick's son just kind of did whatever he did, but you know, well, that's the most <laughs> redneck looking, you know, wearing <laughs> Joe Dirt weirdo. You know, hell yeah, dude. I've, I've always thought Belichick was the weirdest guy in the league until I saw his kid, and I said his kid's <laughs> even weirder than he is. So I don't know what those crack smoking you dub <laughs> people are doing, but you know, maybe they hit on something. I don't know, but this guy, he 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 looks like uh, he's drank a twelve pack and in plowed is ninety. 1986 you know Ford F-250 into a a a lamp pole so I'm bringing endorsement for Steve Belichick by Scott I just (laughs) with with this hire weirdo (laughs) with this hire though of uh the new special teams guy you know they got to change it up a little bit and it's gonna it's still also gonna be good to see a new voice in there get a little bit better on special teams i feel like they've been a little down i mean well, i feel like they've team. been pretty good with tom Mizzo, man he's been he's been with this team for a long time and hell return, yeah what happens return yard keep... average and the percentage that jason myers has kicked field goals consistently at has been pretty solid across for league average but he's I no rusty tillman well we'll see what happens it's just crazy having a Harbaugh in Seattle. Yeah, it is. It's it's weird. It's it's yeah. It's like drinking a a, a vodka whip whipped cream and an oyster. It's just <laughs> okay. <laughs> really unnatural. It bothers me on a molecular level. Actually, I, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, befuddled by what you just said. So <laughs> we're, gonna go to the okay. next, we're gonna go to the next part. So yeah. did a little poll out on uh, X over the weekend and put some offensive coordinator potential hires, a couple of guys that were linked. Uh, We had two guys that I had named, and that was Tanner Ingstrand and Ryan Grubb. I also put in other and comment below. There were a couple people that picked other. They did not comment below, so I did not have anyone else to go over. Oh, I have one more to go over. 
we'll start with yours because I know who you're going to bring up and I can explain it away. All right. Benemy. Oh, Benemy. See, that's Bien-Ami. not who I thought you were going to go. Yeah, with. no, I, offensive I, I have quarter. one then I, I'll throw Kafka in there because I've heard that from multiple different sources that they've been talking about the OC job. We'll start. Right. We'll start with Kafka real quick. He got blocked. The Giants yep. did not allow him to to interview with the Seahawks. And I think it's a smart move. Scott, I know you had asked me over the weekend, you know, why would they want him? And you look at the cast of characters that they have on offense. Their offensive line is mediocre at best. Mm -hmm. Their pass catchers as a whole are not awesome. Your best one is Aaron Waller, who is oft injured. They've done it with and without Saquon Barkley, and they've done stuff with and without Daniel Jones, who we all thought was not a good quarterback, but under his tutelage was able to get a big deal, ends up getting hurt this last year. If you look at what he's done with Daniel Jones, with Tommy DeVito, it's easy to see why there's some intrigue where you take a guy that doesn't have the players in New York that he would have in Seattle, how it'd be interesting to see that get unlocked. And he's a guy that kind of fits what Mike McDonald likes to do. And it's a little bit of what Pete likes to do. When you look at Michigan, where he's been, you look at the Ravens, they are a run heavy team that will supplant other areas with the past. I think that he will be open and available because he even said that in his presser, he goes, yeah, I've leaned on that, but every team's different. I'm going to look at where our strengths are, and I'm going to try to accentuate our strengths. I want us to be physical. I want us to be explosive. So whether that's building explosiveness in the run game or whether that's doing it in the pass game, I think that Kafka can give you that, especially with the players that he would have had, but obviously that's off the table. Now going to be enemy, it's a different story. This is a guy that had been in the running for head coaching jobs for some reason, did not get any for the longest time being under Andy Reid. So he decides to go out and make his own name, goes to the commanders, which was not a great situation for him. You had Ron Rivera that was on the hot seat from the get-go, and you did not have an established quarterback. You had good running backs. You had above-average wide receiver play with that team. But offensive line didn't hold up, and – they were playing from behind so often that Sam Howell threw the most passes in the NFL. They were so unbalanced that it looked like he thought that he had, you know, Mahomes back there, but he had a good complement of two running backs. You can look at the Seahawks game. Sam Howell played a pretty solid game, except for one turnover in that game, but they did not even try to get the running game going. And when you have two guys like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, I would be pounding the rock a little bit more. Just like you were looking at times for the Seahawks to pound the rock a little bit more with the tandem of K9 and Sharps. Okay. Can That's I fair. can I talk to you a little bit about that though? Yeah. When he was the uh offensive coordinator for um the Kansas City, that offense is better was better than it is now. Right. So there's that. And um, there's some talk that he might actually go back to Kansas City. Because even though Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl, their defense has been their the strong. Their offense part. was really bad this year. It was really back this year. And, and, and then he was the coach. Um, but, you know, he went, he, he was considered, he was the head coach for the Commanders. You know, could he be a good fit here, or should he go well, back? Go back to Kansas City. Let, let, let me help clear, have some clarity you, a little bit. Okay, I need one. some youthful. You so know. you know, when you look at the team he coached with Kansas City, right? There was Glendale Dorsey Lair, his rookie year, where he was great. And then the slew of running backs that they kind of had in there. Mm-hmm. They got a good one this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Isaiah Pacheco is is a monster. Let's mm-hmm. let's you know not put any disrespect on him, but the the running backs that he had weren't awesome. The he had Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. That was still just about it. 
you you had other pieces. Nicole Hardman. Yeah, Nicole Hardman was good on the Chiefs. He was good on the Chiefs. But so he could yeah. have a lot of good players on the Seahawks but, too. Right. That would but, fit his. But skill then set. when you look at the Commanders team, right? Sam Howell also had forty six hundred yards on the year. Really good, but not you know, as coach said, he had to throw a, a shit ton of balls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they also had Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas when he's healthy is is a pretty decent tight end. Uh, Jahan Johnson. He hasn't been had, healthy. He hasn't been healthy since George H. W. Bush's was in office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then they had they have Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin. They have all these playmakers, and he didn't do very much with it. It's, Terry McLaurin is a top five receiver in the league. You would see him from the years prior. He's top ten at best. Okay, I I have. The easiest answer here, offensive line play. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have invested in the offensive line. Not to say that the commanders did not, but the Chiefs have been building this for a while. They were able to go out and get top-flight guys to play on this offensive line at big-time deals because of the way that Patrick Mahomes put his – structured his contract and when you look at this you kind of get a little bit of the Tom Brady effect with Patrick Mahomes you're going to have guys that want to come play on this team because they know they're a consistent team to make the playoffs I think that with that you looked at Clyde Edwards Lair yes he did have good numbers his first year but as it went along you had Jared McKinnon you had Isaiah Pacheco throw in this that and the other person but when you really look at this, when anytime they needed a play, he turned to Patrick Mahomes and he turned to that passing attack. You couldn't do that with the commanders. Yes, I think you could do that more with the Seahawks, but here's a little sneaky thing that could very well happen. A team that knows him very well in the Chiefs, bringing him back there. I could see that happening, but I could also see it happening as in the capacity as the head coach if Andy Reid decides to retire if they win another Super Bowl. Sure. Fair enough. What does he uh, need to prove? Nothing. I think he uh, cements his. I think his legacy has already been cemented. But this would be the little cherry on top. Yeah. I don't think we've heard the last of the enemy in the league. No. 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 I think that so he's far from it. He's going to find it. something. Um, he just needs to go to an offense that complements his strengths, honestly, and that wasn't Washington. Yeah, an established quarterback. Okay, so let's talk about the other Washington OC that may come back. We're going to start with Engstrand. I think that he's a guy that we're not as well-versed with, and I think that he has a very interesting story. So this this is a guy. He coached at the University of San Diego from 2005 to 2017. That's a long run at a smaller football school. He was the offensive coordinator from – 2011 to 2017 didn't look didn't go in to much deeper but he has a year off not sure if the coaching staff Scott can what happened goes to Michigan is an offensive assistant for one year that's his title then he goes again then he goes to the XFL goes to the XFL he's the offensive coordinator for the DC defenders and the year they started popularity starting to grow COVID strikes season over then he gets picked up by the Lions and has been there ever since. And the last two years, he's been the passing game coordinator. And mm-hmm. granted, you see the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown in that passing game. But what Jared Goff has been able to do, he has resurrected his career from being the piece of garbage you threw in in the trade. So that way, Detroit had a starting quarterback when they made the move when LA made the move to go get Stafford and he's turned in to be a top half of the league quarterback, especially in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. Window liquor has an IQ above room temperature. Now, you know, I thought Jared Goff was not bad at in LA, you know, there was the not iconic, bad. Is not the best. The, you know, what, what was it? The iconic shootout on Monday or Thursday. I think it was Monday night where him and Mahomes went back and forth and that was the year they made it to the Super Bowl and 
you know, Jared, let's not forget Jared Goff took a team to a Super Bowl. Okay. So let's... which quarterback would he want to have? Does he want Geno? Could he turn can he make Geno better? Can he take Drew Locke, make him better? You, you know, you know, or are we well, gonna Drew draft Locke's, somebody? Drew, because Drew that would be not on roster, actually. So well, so you just have to figure out if you're bringing Geno back or not. I think that when you really look to discredit your point about how good Goff was, is Jared Goff yeah. was getting talked to until Sean McVay wasn't legally allowed to talk to him in his head anymore. And yeah. when you looked at Jared Goff getting off of his first target or getting pressured from the pocket, one of the worst in the leagues. Before they traded him, they felt so poorly about him that they started John Wofford in a playoff game against the Seahawks until Jamal Adams knocked himself and Wofford out of the game. And then Goff plays well enough to win a game, and you wonder, okay, they feel confident again, and then he gets shipped out. So when you have an offensive genius that took Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, and that group to a Super Bowl, he said, I don't think I can do it again. Get him out of here. With what the Lions have been able to do, he's been a lot better in secondary, breeding that second, third, even fourth read, and being a little bit better outside of the pocket when right. things got trouble. I, I think that's a lot a testament to Ben Johnson, who was in the running for a lot of HC jobs, but you got to look at Ingstrand as well as being a guy that's integral. He's, he's the guy that's looking at that passing game as a whole and putting in game plan for the week. And we can all agree that when you look at what the lions have, especially in the passing game, I would say that, the Seahawks are a little bit better off. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see that. Just, you know, I want our pass catchers to make plays. Like that's really all it comes down to, man. They have such, they have such a talented receiver group to be so dog shit. Yeah. (laughs) And in our poll, uh, Engstrand got 21% of the votes. Yeah. Let's go to the the breadwinner of the poll. Everyone's local hero. Everybody loves him. Coach Red. Who is it? <laughs> wow, what a what a lead. Hey, are we talking about one. me? Sure. Wow. <laughs> Coach Red, offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. Make it happen. We run a lot of four verts, a lot of halfback screens. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> no, Ryan Grubb. Um, is rumored to be a finalist for this job. And I've seen varying reports, but it's so tough on X to know what's credible and what's not on any given day. But a lot of it that he's in the final stages in here. And if offered would accept the job followed uh, Kalen DeBoer around from Fresno state to Washington. And is currently at Alabama right now. He doesn't and when, like you it look, there. when you look at what Washington was able to do, you have Michael Penix, who's worked his way into first round contention you look at Roma Dunze who's going to be taken in the first round Jalen Polk who emerged this year is probably taken in the second round and then Jalen Millian that should be taken in the third I think Culp and Jack Westover will also find themselves on NFL rosters but Michael Penix was looked at as a reclamation case as a guy that was oft injured you look at Puka Nakua and what he's done this year. Mm-hmm. People forget wow. that Roma Dunze and Jalen Millen were all on the field at the same time, and that offense did not look very good when uh, old Long Schlong John was there <laughs> or Bush Hardman. They weren't getting the job done. You know, bring in Brian Grubb and Kalen DeBoer, and you really saw this get electrified. And the one thing that would lend me to think that he could be a good offensive coordinator in the NFL as he has no experience in the NFL. He really leans on what works in game. I think that's what you look at with Mike McDonald. So good at in-game adjustments, but you also look at some of the in-game adjustments that they made under Ryan Grubb. My key example is the USC game. That was supposed to be Heisman returning Heisman and Caleb Williams versus guy that was gunning for the Heisman and Michael Penix and this was just going to be a shootout galore where these quarterbacks were going to step back and sling it what did the Huskies do that day they ran for 295 yards on the back of Dylan Johnson there were holes galore and he goes yeah we're, we're going to take 
the pressure off Mike Penix here. We're just going to keep giving Johnson the rock. And I think that that really propelled them to the end of the year where they were able to play a lot more balanced and be able to look at that a little bit more where they were leaning heavier in the past game. I think that this guy gets creative on how he game plans for a certain team. And I think that he's got the balls and knows when to pull into his bag of tricks. You look at, you look at the little pop pass to, uh, Quentin Moore in the Pac-12 title game, a guy that it was his second reception on the year. You look at the end around to Roman Dunze on fourth and three in your own territory against WSU to keep your playoff hopes alive. I mean, this is a guy that, like you said, is still loved in this area. I think that the way that he exited was done with a little bit more Heart. gratuity if you will, for and graciousness for the time that he spent here. And I think that if he comes back, there's going to be a lot of people that are happy because it's going to be taken away from Kalen DeBoer in Alabama. But I would love to sit to be a fly in the room in an offensive versus defensive breakdown of here's how I would attack your defense and here's how I would attack your offense between those two guys. Because I think that <laughs> Bub is a very strong mind when it comes to uh, calling plays. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm here for Team Grub. Get him for me. Uh, that is my, you know, since the report came out, my buddy at work was just t- showed me an article about them talking about uh, Ryan Grub. And I was like, oh, shit. Did you not watch the Huskies this year? And he's There's like, a lot of S bombs coming out of your mouth tonight. Hey, it's not, it's not the F's. We don't have to throw the E on it. Um, so, I asked him if he watched Husky Bowl. He's like, nah. I was like, oh, they were fantastic all year long. I mean, when it comes down to it, you look at what he did with Washington staff. Okay. Um, how much NFL coaching has he done? None. Zero. Zero. So, that, that, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That could be a wild card. But we've got a 36-year-old coach with a 72-year-old ex-coach in the building. We got Leslie Frazier. And then we got Ryan Grubb in there. I I can see some chaos happening. And I understand that Grubb followed DeBerr down to Alabama. And he's like, I don't want to live in Alabama. And I've been to Alabama. I don't want to live in Alabama. Birmingham's a very nice city. It's very pretty. I could possibly live in Birmingham, except I'm living around a bunch of other Alabamans. (laughs) (laughs) So that's an issue for me personally. But, you know, it's like, boy, that is a big risk. You're really rolling the dice. And and how long are Seattle fans going to be patient for a rebuild when we go down a wrong alley and we get the wrong person with the wrong team? I've got a little bit of a counter to that. I think that last after last year when the Huskies, you know, beat Texas in the postseason before before they went on their stretch this year, he was offered the job by Nick Saban at Alabama to be their right. offensive coordinator. So he's well regarded in those realms. And when you look at some of the guys that have coached under Nick Saban that have done big things, not only at the college level, but have also done some stuff at the NFL level, I think that that pedigree of wanting to steal him from one team to another, I think could be something that, you know, that, Saban is talking to Harbaugh's for sure. Trust me, you look at it, you know, John has probably, he's got a bevy former Alabama guys on his team. Those two have talked. So I think that with Grubb being a guy that was highly sought sought after last season, and I was kind of shocked that he didn't have his name in the running for some uh, college head coaching jobs. But I think this could be a good step for him, you know, remove himself from Kalen DeBoer a little bit because when you talk, when you listen to all of the guys on this Husky team, they call him like a mad scientist where you've got the Sean McVay, you know, the guy that knows all the X's and O's defensively in McDonald, you know, that's why I think that having a guy like Leslie Frazier on staff can help guide them a little bit in this first foray into the NFL. Okay, so let's say that 79% of your poll did not want Tyler Engstrand, who I don't think would be a bad coach. 
So then you got the enemy and you got grub. You got the enemy with a, just millions of years of coaching experience and successful coaching experience. And maybe he was, th you know, this is the thing about first year head coaches that drives me nuts. You know, the enemy gets thrown into the commanders and he's been there for, and he's supposed to turn the team around. You had Snyder there. He's, he's worse than freaking uh, Jones down in Dallas as yeah. an, as an, in, you know, so he is pretty, he is a scumbag. Oh God. He's just <laughs> awful. You know, Jerry Jones, I, again, I cannot keep enough contempt on him. <laughs> uh, I just despise the Cowboys. So has is the enemy really waiting for his good offensive coordinator deal? Or do we want to roll the dice and have an so, unproven college, a successful but unproven NFL college coach with Ryan Grubb? So with Grubb as well, you know, as Coach Red touched on, he's a mad scientist. And I think that's something that this team needs. You need somebody who's going to, you know, run these wacky plays, right? But it's going to get JSN open. It's going to get DK open. It's, it's going to get somebody open. And I think that all of the things that he could scheme up, just NFL defenses aren't going to be prepared for it. Well, if uh, Grubb uh, comes on board, he needs a short contract. Yeah, I That's believe that saying. that should be the case, probably a two-year deal. But one reason why I would kind of shy away from Bienemy is I don't know I don't know Eric Bienemy from Adam, right? But this is a guy that has interviewed for more NFL head coaching jobs than one can imagine. He hasn't gotten one of those jobs. When he went and it was his his offense to run because Ron Rivera was a hardcore defensive guy. When you look at what happened, they led the NFL in sacks and they led the NFL in turnovers. So having a guy that's coming off of that type of season where it's where it's his show to run, that could bring me a little bit more pause. I'd want a guy that's coming off a little bit more of a high point than a little bit more of a low point. Thank you. And I've also heard that Ron Rivera is linked to Dallas right now. Yep. They can have him. Yeah, that's the, there you go, Jerry. They just Jones. did a trade that they should have just traded Dan Quinn for Ron Rivera and called it a day. By yeah. the way, by the way, one thing I wanted to say before this thing is done is uh I don't think the Seahawks have another shot at Dan Quinn for any role. That's no. fine. That's okay. I'm well, fine with that. But I'm just saying, you know, we, you know, when Coach Red and I were working together and we heard about Coach Carroll's no longer working for the team, whether it's mutual or a firing or whatever, uh, the first thing that Coach Red and I looked at each other in the eye after about 10 minutes and we said, Dan Quinn, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. And then Coach Red quickly got off that train, I think. I mean, well, I was still, I was still on the train. But the but, intrigue, the intrigue of McDonald was just too much to yeah, pass up. This and, guy and, was the was the assistant coach of the year. He has done consistently well everywhere he's been the DC. Yep, at Michigan and at, I'm with not the disagreeing Ravens. with the with the hire. I'm just well, saying with yeah. with Dan Quinn though, you get nothing changes really. Right, nothing really changes. We don't and need another that's... nine and eight season. We either exactly. need a, we either need a, a, a twelve and five season or a five and twelve season and figure out what to do. Exactly, and it's just gonna you're gonna hear the same message that Pete spewed for all those years, and it's gonna be the same thing. It's gonna be the same but different, basically. Well, and the team looked really flat last year. Right, you know, and, all and... the talent, but you know, there's some plays they really weren't going for it, and. Exactly. I think I think Pete lost the locker room, and that's I really think what so happened. Too. Yep. Well, let's get on the Mike McDonald trade one last time. With him at the helm, what are some of your guys' expectations for the Seahawks this coming year? Are we going wins or just expectations as an all? 
I mean, I'm leaving it pretty open. If you want to throw right. out win total, you can. If you want to throw out some other things, go ahead. So I think that you – granted, after free agency, after the draft, this team's going to look a whole lot different. And my expectation is that this guy is going to get the most out of the defense. I mean, really, he is. He is going to motivate these young men and bring out the best in each and every one of them. And I think that's going to really center around Devin Witherspoon. He is going to channel everything into Devin Witherspoon and kind of form him to what he needs to be. And I think the you touched on it, the oozing with just greatness, it seems like. And I think you're going to see this defense fly. They are going to be faster. They are going to hit harder. And this team is going to be more defensively sound. They're not going to be 19th in the league. I'll tell you that. I think they're going to be more towards the 10. I mean, they, I would have loved them to be 19th this year because they were yeah, not. They were no. 30, 31st, I believe. Well, 19th. no, there's no reason. That. And there is no reason the defense should have been as weak as we were this year. Right. I mean, that, and I think that will turn around. I think it'll be interesting to see what offensive coordinator gets brought on um, because that'll, that'll tell a lot. I think it'll be really interesting whether the offensive coordinator and McDonald want to keep uh, Gino or do they want to try to draft somebody it's just a really there's a lot of flux right now in the system and you, you know i think it's necessary i mean pete's majority of his his seasons were winning but nine and eight nine and eight no no that's not progressing so we'll see i mean he's 36 years old he's the youngest coach and i want the best for him and I want his mind to work, but I hope he gets the other coaches and pieces that can help him take him there where the head coach can't be everything all at once for everybody. It's impossible. Delegate. Delegate. So does he get the right pieces? We'll see. I'll touch it. I think that he keeps Gino at this team. This is Gino, a late addition to the Pro Bowl. He's a guy that's been playing yeah. at the top half of the league he's playing at a reasonable contract and i think that this is a guy that you can feel confident where you're not every head coach is tied to the success of the starting quarterback and when you're drafting at 16 whether that's the likes of jj mccarthy whether that's bo nicks whether that's michael Penix, if you take a flyer there i don't know if those are the guys that you feel Super duper confident hanging your hat on. The only way I think they do that is if Brian Grubbs comes in town. And I think that they like Penix a little bit at that point. But Gino gives you enough. What I also expect to see out of this team is I expect some Ravens to be coming over as well. There's a couple of highly touted, highly priced guys that I don't know how they could work their way into the salary cap and Patrick Queen and Justin Matabuke. But I think that one of those guys most likely ends up with the Seahawks. Yes. I also think that they uh, find their way into the top 10 of turnovers forced. I think that with them, they'd have to make a plus six or seven to get in that top 10 range. And I think, I think I brought it up earlier. You look at this defensive backfield and the skill that they had and the knack that these guys have for taking the ball away. And even, you know, you get creative and you throw Kobe Bryant out there who punched like four balls out of his rookie year, being able to get the ball back, getting like Maxwell did back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to sit there and get those change plays and get that sudden change to really drive and put your offense in better positions and slam the door shut a little bit. Because what you have seen with the Seahawks is no matter what team it is, they always let them hang around. I think there was one game last year against the New York Giants when Daniel Jones looked terrible. Saquon went out the week before, and they never got it going. Every other game was too close for comfort. Yes. They never kept their foot on the acceleration. But I would also say, you know, very, very dark, dark of all dark horses – Let's keep Drew Locke in the building. 
I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think he showed enough in the two starts that he had oh, yeah. to show you the upside that is there. Yeah, agreed. And my final thing is, I think they went over ten games and make the playoffs. Yes. I think the roster wow. is strong enough yes. to to do it. And you've seen success from first year head coaches in the past that have made those jumps. The biggest one you can look at is Brian Dable. First year in New York takes over a very bad team, gets the best out of a bad situation with not the best weapons offensively or defensively. And a guy that's an offensive mind gets a lot out of the defense. I think that you could see this defense. If they take that step forward, there's enough there offensively to push them over the top and be back in the playoffs. All right. Let me do one thing. They're either going to win 10 or more, or they're going to lose five or more. Or be at five win mark. Yeah. I think there's too much talent to be at that point. Yeah, but but if there's if 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 the coaching staff doesn't gel, if if people are fighting or or not on the same yeah. page, I don't you know, think that's gonna happen. I think this is gonna be a well oiled machine. He inherited such a talented roster. I mean, I that, would say it's gonna. But be every a team oiled. says that. Every team says that. Every team I says we're the most talented roster. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are saying we're the most talented roster. The Browns, we have the most talented roster for next year. We just need one more player. We're gonna get there. I, you know, I've, I've watched. I've watched enough football that it can go one way or the another with just the most simple thing happening to the team, whether it's an injury or whether it's somebody from the practice squad coming up and proving that they're a all pro and they never had the shot. So I, I think this next year, you know, it could be 10 or more. I hope so. I really do. But I think it also can be looking at, Oh shit. We, we, Hey Kane, there you go. I just <laughs> dropped the S bomb like you did. But we can say, oh, suck. Um, you know, um, we need to make some more adjustments in the coaching staff. Well, at least one thing that I do know that we can get is a new variation on uh, old McDonald had a farm. Like Mike McDonald had a team, you know, EIEIO with a pick six here, with a strip <laughs> yeah. sack there. I here a pick, so. here a sack, everywhere a pick sack. You know, so. just get wild with it, make your yeah. own. It yeah, should yeah. be fun. And you want to yeah, know so. what else can be fun? Giving us a follow over on social media. You can find me, your boy, Coach Red, on X at The Real Coach Red, on Instagram at The Real underscore Coach Red, TikTok at The Real Coach Red. Also, find the show over on YouTube. Search Kicking It with Coach Red. Like, subscribe, hit the bell notifications, leave a comment or two. Kane, where you at? You can find me over on Twitter at Kane2406. YouTube at K06, TikTok and Kick, K0624. Also follow the show's socials over on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Red Pod. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, freaking do it. And a big thank you to Scott for coming on. We know we love his prowess when it comes to the Seahawks, and he is always a fun guest to have. And I'd venture to say semi-regular now. Well, I would also say that social media for me is kind of like sunlight on a vampire so i don't have nothing to offer that's fine <laughs> well with that with that ring vampire but thank you thank as you always gentlemen. stay fresh stay fresh peeps peace peeps. <laughs>